Hey everyone, happy Friday. We are coming at you with a special bonus episode this week. Taking a break from our normal Rocking the Weekend episode, where we talk about things that we're doing over the weekend to enjoy ourselves, relax, come back stronger next week. With COVID hopefully coming to an end and things reopening, and we don't really know how much longer this will be around, but coming to a close, we want to provide you with some extra value as you look for your next role, as you look for jobs, and as you scour that job board looking for your next role. So we're calling this segment Job Board Breakdown. And as always, this is Peter. And this is Dan. Dan, the find a job man. If that doesn't get you pumped for a weekend, I don't know what will. Let's dive in. First off, before we dive into the show, when this airs on Friday, June 12th, it will be my wife's birthday. So shout out to Leanne. Happy birthday. Love you to pieces. Hope it's full of goodness. Netflix. Can't wait to get up to the mountains in Albany and do a little picnic and just enjoy ourselves. All righty. So jumping in to the show, Dan, I know you had a funny, funny experience. I mean, like I'm looking at it right now. I'm just (laughs) broadly looking through SpaceX careers right now. And Jesus Christ, like I just want to look at like the marketing jobs and like they have to make it. You could tell like Elon Musk said something here because of like the names of what they have here. Oh, okay. Marketing. Jesus Christ! Oh, marketing communications. Oh, okay. So, so, so basically, what, one second. When you did you go to an actual job board? Did you go to SpaceX specifically? Let the listeners know what happened that got you your frustration. Right. So now. believe it or not, I actually went to LinkedIn first, and then I actually went directly to the SpaceX website, and pretty much like as you know, like we did the uh, the first couple of episodes there. I think it was mostly rocking the weekend about. SpaceX about the launch. And I was like, hmm, well, you know, I'm looking for a new job right now. And I'm kind of curious about Tesla, but how about also SpaceX? So I'll see what they got. And when I went onto their job board on the, that they have on their website, uh, pretty much this is actually through Greenhouse, which I think is where they actually are posting their jobs. So it's actually, they have the jobs listed on their homepage and also on other websites, but you basically have to apply it through Greenhouse. So when I went on there, Jesus Christ. I mean, first off, I didn't really see anything that I really fit. Uh, No problem with that. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're still getting a lot of bigger roles filled right now. And I can totally understand that. But when I scroll down to see what they would ask of me, I noticed that they were asking me for my SAT, ACT, GRE, G. Okay, well, some of these here I can understand for graduate positions in college. But for the SAT and ACT scores, it was kind of ridiculous Do you even i remember? don't i don't i know i like probably got the equivalent of an f on mine i i was pretty bad at it i mean i i didn't really care i was like yeah screw this i just think it's so uh hypocritical of what elon musk said a long time ago where he was like oh yeah it doesn't matter at tesla it doesn't matter at my companies if you even graduated from college but i guess it matters if you are, you know, your SAT scores and what you did in high school, I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. Have you seen any other jobs where, and not, not on SpaceX specifically, but any other jobs where they've asked for SAT and ACT scores? 
right now I can't remember exactly what companies those were, but I do remember seeing companies ask for your SAT, ACT scores, and also like at times high school grades. Mm-hmm. I have to say like it was probably big companies like NVIDIA and these other big companies like where everybody just is uh, very critical of your performance like throughout your life. They probably want to see you coding at like age five. Um, which is kind of scary to think about it now, uh, which, you know, that basically means that's totally possible. I'm going to be like the, the standard soon. <laughs> and- yeah, well, I saw something interesting. So I, I just finished a master's in finance earlier in 2020, and I was helping somebody look at roles because they were transitioning out of a non-finance job looking at finance roles. And we were looking at a couple of roles that were economic research and financial research that were looking for people with master's degrees but they still asked for SAT and ACT scores. I'm thinking to myself, those two things just shouldn't go hand in hand. GRE, GMAT, maybe I can kind of see that in some cases, but SAT and ACT, but you also want a master's degree. I, I don't really see that <laughs> making sense. But That I could understand GMAT. I can understand GMAT because that is something that you take in order to get into a master's degree program. I can completely understand that test, but SAT and ACT, and also sometimes high school grades like that shouldn't matter no matter what. So I don't know. I mean, I really think that SpaceX should change this. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm also looking at some of the other things that they might ask of you here, like GPA undergraduate. Okay, I can totally get that. Um, and then GPA for a graduate uh, and also doctorate. Okay, I can understand all this. GRE, GMAT. Okay, yeah, those things I can understand. The SAT and ACT is just stupid. I, I don't think that that's, you know, really smart. I mean, I honestly think all of that kind of goes contradictory to what Elon Musk said about, oh, yeah, he doesn't care how if you even graduated from college. He doesn't even care what you did in college. Oh, but now we do care. Um, you know, now we definitely do care because this is on the application. It's so, uh, you know, like practice what you preach, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till... Um you know, when we could kind of get back together in uh, in an in-person setting and do some of these over, you know, live channels and, and streaming channels, we could show this stuff on the screen as we're talking through it because it is, it is kind of humorous. I'll tell you this, though. I'm going to play devil's advocate like I promised you I would. So I noticed on some of those applications, they don't have the little red star next to uh, some of those scores, which tells me that maybe... Now, again, I didn't try to fill out an application. I don't need to, but... Uh, you know, when, when you fill that stuff in, it tells me that maybe that stuff is not necessarily mandatory for certain roles, you know, marketing, communications, maybe some of the other business related roles. Here's where I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. I can almost see why they may want it for some of their engineering and aerospace engineering and mechanical engineering. What about internships? Internships too, because if you're if you're still in the undergraduate years, you're pretty fresh out of high school, and one of your selling points is that SAT or ACT score. So I could see that again for engineering roles or engineering internships, you might want to have that data available and fresh um, as you're applying, and make sure it's accurate. Uh, they will check it. I'm I'm sure they will. So don't lie about that stuff. And I could see that because the engineers that I know personally have all had histories of strong academic success going all the way back to high school. So a part of me is not surprised that they're asking that, but a part of me would be surprised if they wanted it for business and marketing roles. So my advice on this one, and Dan, I'd like to hear your thoughts too. If you're applying to those kinds of roles in a business, marketing, communications, or administrative function, 
You don't have to put those scores in if it's not required. And what you do, as always, go on the LinkedIn, go on a different channel, whatever you use to professionally network and try to find somebody internally at those companies and connect with them. That's going to do you a world of good versus throwing your resume into a, you know, aggregator. (laughs) That's just going to go nowhere. Just my thoughts on that. No, I completely agree. I think making those connections, just trying to talk with people or even just asking them what would SpaceX or whatever company you're applying to would look for in the resume. How do you make it stand out? What exactly is it that they predominantly like? And then just try to put that into your resume or into somewhere like on the application, even if it's in your portfolio or something like that, and then see if that helps you get noticed. Yeah. And on the flip side of that too, if you are high school or college age and you're listening to this and you're trying to get an engineering internship and you have a killer SAT score, you should definitely market that. Like that's actually a great place in the application for something like that. I actually think it's more relevant to internships because that's still your selling point. Kind of like when you're looking at a junior level resume for somebody, education's usually on top because that's really your main credential. That's what sells you. Versus somebody like you or I, Dan, we've had more years in the professional world. Our experience sells us more than our education in most cases. Uh, So, you know, kind of the same sort of logic there. So I'll tell you something that I saw that kind of bothered me a little bit. I saw somebody post this on Twitter and they were talking about a tech role. So kind of sticking into the same theme. And it was a JavaScript engineer. And they wanted that JavaScript engineer to not only know JavaScript, but to know Java, to know Python, to know C++, to know all those back-end softwares and APIs and other programs on top of Photoshop, the Adobe Suite, all that kind of stuff. And you know, the guy's point was, you know, listen, if you know 50% of this, Forget, you know, 75 or 80 or definitely not 100. If you know at least 50% of this stuff, just apply. Just apply. There's no way for anybody, when you see a laundry list of requirements on a role, there is no way for anybody to be a master at all of those. Dan, I, I know you've seen this before. So as you probably know, I do have a bit of a background as a developer. And a, long, uh, a major reason why I kind of stepped away from that was because of those job descriptions and the thing is that you really can never really tell. See, my, my issue with those were more along the lines of that you can never really tell where it is that you need to improve because they're asking so much from you. And they're asking you to know like a bunch of these different languages like Ruby and then also JavaScript and then C++. And then on top of that, maybe also know SQL for, for databases and then no Photoshop, no design. And you don't really know what exactly it is that you want to select in order to, uh, and like what exactly you're mostly going to be using on the job. So when you apply to those roles and if you get rejected, you just don't really know where to exactly to, to better yourself. Now, sometimes people at these, you know, sometimes employees at these, if they're going to give you a coding exam, they're going to give you a coding exam in a desired language that they're going to let you know about beforehand. And then sometimes it's going to be a big surprise. So when you're basically being all these different coding languages to, uh, to choose from, you don't really know what they might ask of ask from you. Now, sometimes they let you choose like, okay, you can use JavaScript to code. Uh, you can use Ruby to code because basically the logic is the same. Just the syntax is different. Uh, but it's just as, 
it's confusing, especially if you're coming from a junior role or if you're coming from a more associate role where you're kind of more in the middle, it can be a big pain. And that's why I just really hate those job postings too. And it, it just seems that it keeps getting more and more. They're always asking for more and more out of developers. Now, I, I think most of the time they aren't going to ask for you to know 100% of the stuff that they're uh, listing out. But I have seen job postings where they are actually asking you to know uh, you know, quite a bit of stuff. It's not maybe as much as the one that you showed uh, that you were just discussing that you saw, but it's a lot of stuff when honestly, if you just went to school to become a, a full stack developer, if you uh, just wanted to focus on, you know, like one specific language, then it's going to be tougher to survive now in the market because a lot of these jobs want you to know multiple different things and almost become a full stack developer. But even with full stack developers now, it's like that you need to know uh, not just one, you know, backend coding language like Ruby. Now it's like you have to learn both Ruby and Python in order to work with them. It's like, what the hell are they doing with two different languages? You know, like what, what, what the hell is their platform based off of? And, you know, like for somebody that's coming from a more beginner realm like that, you know, it, it just seems that it, they're going to be kind of pushed away from a lot of good paying jobs, a lot of better jobs out there because of the demand, uh, because of uh, there's bigger expectations out of job applicants today in coding. Yeah, I pulled up a, as you were talking through that, I did pull up and I didn't search for I just randomly just typed in web developer and pulled up the third match that came up on indeed.com. Python, SQL, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, RESTful APIs, and then down the way, now there's even more bullet points around like soft skills and critical thinking. All the way down the way, Django, then it lists three libraries, then it lists Python with all the data analysis libraries, and it's going to keep going for another about seven or eight bullet points. What level is that? job for like web, appli- like web application engineer it doesn't even say how many years of experience they want it just lists all these things so my advice to anybody listening in for a role like this if you see it your immediate gut reaction is to be discouraged and not apply i will tell you right now if you have python sql html css and javascript and everything else maybe you have a couple in between maybe fill in the dots somewhere with some of these libraries and, uh, and skills, just apply, just apply. They're going to look at a portfolio. They might give you a coding challenge. You can learn a lot of this stuff on the job. I'm going to cue you all into something because I've spoken to technical recruiters. Most of the time, these job postings are written by business partners and technical you know, recruiters that they're given a list of requirements and they don't know necessarily what to leave out, what to put in. And this has been told to me from those people. So they just, they just throw it all in. And that's, that's where these job postings come from. So if you even have 40 to 50% of this, just apply. Yeah, you have to keep in mind too that a lot of these times these technical recruiters, they don't actually have a coding background. They don't even really know what... Um, what type of stack the company's uh, platform is even running on. So they just are taking anything that they can find through Google search and just throwing it all together into one gigantic list and then posting that up on all these job boards, which is why uh, there has been some call for those who have a bit of coding experience, maybe not enough to be a developer who wanted to become a developer in the beginning, but then changed their mind. Uh, there's actually been a big demand right now for people like that to become technical recruiters because they could probably do a much better job of 
writing out the description and basically formulating what it is that the company is looking for and then finding those people who can get the job done and then getting them on board. Yeah, I think that's really a good point too that I know some of the folks over at Google, if you look at their technical recruiting talent, it's of course, it's people that have been doing it for quite a while, but they're, uh, they're learning and they're picking up some technical skill sets too. If you look at some of those LinkedIn profiles, it, it could just be a small certification here and there, or maybe a nano degree or something, but they're, they're, they're knowledgeable about what they're recruiting, so to speak. And as you look at roles like this, my biggest advice, again, just apply, but realize at the end of the day, you're putting your resume inside of an aggregator that it's going into a black hole most of the time. I won't use the name, but there is a big name resume job search aggregator out there. It's one of the big four. Only 3% of people that put their resume on there actually get a job from that job board. Okay. Episode three, a couple of weeks back, we talked about networking and the importance of it and some of these cool virtual events. Leverage your network go to these meetings or right now, I guess, go to the, you know, the virtual ones and go on LinkedIn because COVID is still delaying uh, most networking events. Go on LinkedIn. You know, if you haven't gotten one already, try to spend some extra money and get yourself that premium edition, especially if you're in the job search and you have some money to spend. It is so worth it. Connect with as many people as you can. That's going to be a saving grace for you as you get into, uh, into this job search and try to get your next role. And to add on to that also, just by networking with people, sometimes you can even get jobs or even opportunities, uh, regardless if they're full-time or not. You can even just get them through other people that haven't even posted the job at all. And then sometimes you might even be able to jump on to a early stage startup, like, you know, basically in the very early stages and even get equity in that company. So there's a lot of opportunities out there with networking, um, not always through job boards only. So definitely try to keep your options open and just try to keep meeting people. Yeah. When I was finishing up with undergrad and Dan and I both went to the same undergrad school. So he knows as I was going through this process, I was on LinkedIn every single day connecting with people. I learned a lot just from doing that. And that's what helped me land. My first role was, you know, just learning how people went about the process, how they did their research, what to know about a company. And one of the ways that I floored the recruiter when I first started in corporate my first phone interview with the company I currently work at, she said to me, wow, you, you did your research. You really know uh, kind of beginning to end this company and the role. And it's just because I got good advice from people as I was. And, and listen, right now to some people, that sounds cliche. It's like, yeah, who wouldn't do their research and who wouldn't dive that deep into it? But for a kid coming out of college, you just, you don't know those things. You sometimes take it for granted. So, you know, it's, it's helped me a lot to, to network and do those things. So again, my best feedback for something like this, and I'm sure, you know, Dan, you agree with it. We, we've spoken about it, is when you see roles like this, if you have 50% of the necessary skills, just apply and then reach out on LinkedIn, find the people that matter, maybe find a hiring manager and connect with that person and have a conversation. That's the best thing to do. Don't get discouraged when you see these things. It is not worth it. And apply, apply, apply. You will get rejected. I guarantee you. It happens to the best of us. Just keep applying. Yep. Those are all pretty good words of advice right there, I would definitely say. Um, yeah, definitely. I would say that even if you feel um, – basically what I would say here is if you just don't feel comfortable applying to the job after reading it over, after thinking it over, then just move on because there's obviously other opportunities out there. It just – 
pretty much what I've kind of uh, learned here is what's what works best is to pretty much just focus on uh, your best fit in the role. Like where exactly do you fit the best? Don't only just go through it by a title because sometimes they might be looking through, uh, they might be looking for somebody that knows or is doing something kind of different. And because so many companies today have different titles for different sorts of positions, it can get a little bit confusing and you just don't know what they're looking for. So go by the description more, read the description and try to formulate what exactly it is that they are looking for. And if you feel comfortable with it, then go forward. And if you don't, then just keep moving on. So pretty much connecting with recruiters and talking with them, it can work in some situations, depending on the size of the company, I would say. In my case, it does. Uh, I've tried this many times before and it doesn't really work so well. The most that they could really give you is advice. And if you want to take advice about like how to stand out, something like that, then sometimes they can help you out. A lot of times I will be honest with you. I will be frank with you. You will be getting ignored because a lot of times it's just the cold world out there. They don't care about you. That's the truth. So I would say that if you do happen to meet a very nice recruiter, somebody who's very kind, I believe that they could probably help you out a lot. I wouldn't just jump into, oh, can you forward my resume over to your supervisor or anything like that? Kind of ask like what exactly they think of your resume and see. And if they bring it up, then great. If they don't, then just try to see uh, what exactly you can get out of them in terms of advice to make it even better. And you know, basically just try to formulate a relationship. That's what LinkedIn is for. It's try to establish a connection with that recruiter because you never know if you have something good with them, then they might even alert you of a job posting in the future that might actually fit you better. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I'll tack on one last thing as we as we close this out. When you look at this situation, it doesn't just apply to the web development that we isolated here today or Dan with the SpaceX and the marketing that he isolated earlier, but it could be accounting with all those different tools. It could be finance, different tools. It could be graphic design with programs. You could even be a learning and development specialist at a Fortune 500 company and they want you to know recruiting benefits and compensation. They may want you to know about the industry itself. And then maybe they want you to even know adult learning theory and all the different programs put courses together. It's a lot to know. And if you like, again, if you only know 40 to 50% of that, that may be fine. Send in the application and network. There's no harm in doing that. And again, understand rejection will happen. It's just the nature of the job search process and you have to accept it. So when you send in those applications and you follow up and you network, good things will happen. It's, it's happened to both Dan and myself. And our social medias are linked in the show notes. Reach out to us, tweet us, LinkedIn message us, let us know how we can help. We're always happy to do so. And even if it's just a networking partner, let us know. So Dan, as we close out this week, is there any kind of sticking to our original rocking the weekend uh, premise for our Friday episodes? Is there any advice or material or any recommendations you give to anybody as they go into their weekend? I would honestly say if you're just starting out, if you are in college about to graduate, definitely try to read some articles online about how to just get started with networking, how to just start uh, get started using LinkedIn. Because when you start to get older, when you start to get more experience, you're not really going to find out too much useful information. I'm going to be honest with you here because a lot of it is just very generic. And a big part here is how to really just reach out to people. And it's something that kind of comes with experience. There's no real written way how to 
go about networking. And when you start reading a lot of this stuff, it's going to be really cheesy. Uh, so just kind of take it with a grain of salt, do what works best for you, but kind of understand the overview, um, the basics of networking on LinkedIn and how to basically get started with uh, contacting people on LinkedIn, how to write uh, an effective letter, a subject and everything like that. Because when I first started, um, <clears throat> when I first started with LinkedIn, when I was in college, it wasn't really um, something that I knew how to do. I was very reluctant to even try. And sometimes I felt I wrote too much in the letter or I didn't write enough or I just wasn't using the correct wording. So try to look up some blogs, try to use Google, try to see what it is. Um, you know, definitely just look at the first page, see what's on there and then go from there. Awesome. And if you are a programmer and you have some time this weekend, crack the coding interview, fantastic read for anybody in that process. And then for everybody else, if you're struggling with direction in your career, your job searching right now, uh, What Color Is Your Parachute? Fantastic book on that whole process. Mainly more about finding your career, finding your direction, but also gives some good tips in there as well. So read up on some of that stuff and just apply. Keep applying. It's so important. And for the folks that aren't job searching, for the folks that are comfortable and have the means to do so, offer to review a resume, offer to be a network partner, reach out to people on LinkedIn that are seeking new opportunities and, and just see how you can help. It, it really will make someone's day. So with that said, hopefully y'all got some content. Again, in the show notes is Dan and I's social media. Reach out to us. Let us see how we can help. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you on Monday with a brand new episode. Enjoy the weekend. If it's nice where you are, enjoy the weather and we will rock with you next time.